0: Get fired up. Thank All you. Right. Guys. Get fired up about I... faces.
1: <laughs> faces. Oh my <laughs> God. Quinn, are you grossed out?
2: Mm, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good episode.
1: I'm so
0: excited. I I'm excited he, too. He better not you better not be grossed
2: out. No, I know what I got myself into. <laughs> you stepped right in it. I stepped right in it. You the sure blast. did. The poop puns in this
1: episode.
0: Keep them coming. Yeah. Yo, it's oh, for happen. sure. Um, Good. so I'm just gonna, I'll go over a little bit of how we're gonna, we're gonna do this episode a little bit different because it's very special. Oh,
2: and
0: you. it's you and it's Pooh. <laughs> so, uh, normally what we do is we actually record kind of a discussion piece before where we kind of talk about some historical con, you know, like, history of whatever public health topic we're talking about. We kind of talk talk about its you know current relevancy and all that. And then we do an interview. But in this instance
2: We want to teach you. Yeah. About oh poop yeah in ancient civilization.
0: Okay. Yeah. You just you can make commentary.
2: You just be yourself.
0: Yeah, be yourself, okay. make commentary. You're like part of this. Yeah. We we're all about humor. And you know, but we also are you know sort of serious, um sure, yeah, so you be you
1: I'm a dedicated listener, so I'm feeling what you're doing
2: excellent
0: i that makes my heart just swell,
2: oh, well, thank, <laughs>
1: thank you, you. first thank well, it sounds
2: like the quality's okay on our end,
1: yeah, yes, it I am getting set up here in my thinking chair, and mm, um, good. I am ready, I am all right. That should be better. Let's let's do this. You ready? Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, hey, hey Quinn. Hey, Lindsay. Do you want to talk about our topic? What, what are we doing today?
2: Um, I just need to drop some kids off at the pool.
0: Oh, you literally have some kids? Mm,
2: no, 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 no. Oh,
0: I was going to say, I'm like, wow, you've been hiding that for a while, and that's a hard thing to hide.
2: No, it was just the first of many poop-related references. Oh
0: yes! Awesome. Well, I've been preparing my whole life for this, so this You've is great. You've been
2: preparing for your, this episode.
0: Yep. Okay. All right. I'm at. We're at the Olympic level here yep. now. Okay. So, great.
2: So uh, we are joined today by a special guest. Hello, special guest. Who are you? Please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, my name is Mackenzie Tool, and I am. A foodborne epidemiologist, which means I talk about diarrhea all day for my job. You've got verbal and literal diarrhea on the mind all the time. It never stops.
2: All right. Well, today our topic is the history of waste management as it applies Mm -hmm. to public health. And we're going to talk about some ancient civilizations and how they dealt with their poop. Because it's not like it's a new thing.
0: No. I mean, we've been pooping. yeah. And we've been pooping a long time.
2: Yep. So humans generate a lot of waste. And as our populations moved from the wide open spaces of the plains of Africa and into more concentrated city centers, it became pretty obvious that sanitation would be an important factor to address problems caused by poor sanitation, disease chief among them. Now, we're going to go back in our way back machine right now. And, well, you
0: mean like a time machine?
2: Yes, like a time machine. Okay. Um, and we're going to go back to ancient Egypt.
0: Oh, they had poop then too? Mm-hmm, they did. Wow.
2: So compared to a lot of ancient societies, it's no surprise that the Egyptians had a system for dealing with human waste. They probably wouldn't have lasted for like 5,000 years if they didn't. Um, so where did the Egyptians poop? Do you know?
0: I I don't. I'm assuming in holes. I I don't know. Do you know Mackenzie? I have
1: no idea.
2: So if they had the means, bathrooms were actually built right into their homes. We have archeological evidence to back up this claim. Like most ancient civilizations, the degree of sanitation depended on your social status. and. There's not a much, there's not a lot of evidence to show that the common people had bathrooms in their homes. So they probably just used communal latrines to get their business done.
0: So there's like some, I don't know, historical context to like sitting on your throne. Exactly. Right?
2: Yep. I'm sorry. In modern <laughs> society, it goes, <laughs> it just kind of goes away into a system of pipes for treatment and recycling. But back then, it was, the responsibility of each household to dispose of their garbage, all kinds, at the communal dump. So everyone had the responsibility of taking their shit out to the dump. Um, As a result, these dump sites were breeding grounds for vermin and disease. Still, you would probably prefer this system to the one we're going to talk about in a little while in um, London, where people just kind of dump their poop water into the streets. Oh, great. Uh, however, some streets in ancient Egypt had a special gully for dumping wastewater that then fed into larger canals, and you were probably not likely to make your make friends with your neighbors by splashing them with your poop water.
0: yeah, I would assume that that would not be very neighborly, no. not on Mr. Rogers neighborhood sorta,
2: but
1: I never learned about that. <laughs>
2: Egypt though <laughs> was pretty lucky in the sense that they had the mighty Nile River and a pretty complicated system of irrigation canals in which to irrigate crops and keep their drinking water separate from their wastewater. Mackenzie, I'm sure you know that if you keep your, keep your poop where you keep your drinks, it's probably not a yeah, good idea.
1: I, keep them separate.
2: Yeah. Good plan. Um, excavators have discovered a tomb which supposedly contains the body of Osiris before he became a god. It contains the dividing line between life and death. And a deep moat containing water that surrounds all sides of the figure of the god on his throne, um, is around in the, in the tomb. And so after 5,000 years, water still fills the canal through underground pipes from the Nile.
0: But so it's like,
2: it wasn't, it wasn't a toilet, but it was like, they had a pretty uh, complicated system of pipes that they built out of rock um, to move water around, but it was mostly oh. uh, mostly for drinking and drainage.
0: But, okay.
2: <laughs> I was in just going to say, Egypt, I'm like, did it leak in? Rich people had proper bathrooms and toilets in their homes. Toilet seats were made of limestone. Mm, okay. Poor people made do with a wooden stool and a hole underneath it. And underneath was a container filled with sand, which had to be emptied by hand. Oh, That's gross. Yeah, so they didn't have running water, but they still had bathrooms. It was like a a pit with sand in it, and then they had to empty that thing out. What
0: happened if you fell
2: in? Well, you probably had slaves that took care of that.
1: Oh. Jeez. So, what you all are saying is making me think some of this sounds nicer than some of the porta potties I've had to use. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, God, that's so true. Horrifying. Have we not gotten past those yet?
0: No, no.
1: No. no. Even design wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's my calling. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, water was pretty precious in Egypt, as it is everywhere. And the wastewater that was drained out of a room via a pipe was deposited in a large jar, and then they used this jar, they recycled it, and watered the garden. Um. So, yeah, some pretty fun garden parties. Oh,
0: okay. I mean, there are people that, like, use human waste in composting. And that'll come up again. Oh, man,
2: okay. So now let's move ahead to ancient Rome. Uh, in Italy, the Etruscans laid the first underground sewers in what would become the city of rome around 500 bc the who you may ask well in italy from around 800 to 300 bc there was a civilization renowned for its rich mineral resources and trading power throughout the mediterranean rome as it did with just about everyone allowed them to assimilate Mm. into their society aka Mm. conquered oh okay Anyways, um, the Romans looked at these tunnels and they said, Hey, this is pretty cool. We could probably use these made of finely carved stone. They became the norm in cities throughout the Republic and later the empire. They were pretty impressive, even by modern standards. And some of these uh, tunnels are still used today. Hmm. Wow. They were, um, with that being said, the streets were not exactly lined with roses, dung, vomit, urine, poop, garbage, rotting vegetables, animal skins and guts, and other various detritus often line the streets. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful image. (laughs) Our tender modern sensibilities and noses probably wouldn't have done well here. No. Archaeological evidence suggests the sewer network was more about draining the standing water than it was about removing solid debris. So they moved the water away but you'd still have poop in the streets.
0: So diarrhea was actually advantageous, especially if it was oh, watery. Ooh, is that yeah. what we're saying? Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Always so, looking
1: on the bright side. I try.
2: Several ancient sources state that Roman sewers often needed manual cleaning from oh, time to time. Who, so? Who are these pursels? often by slaves or prisoners.
0: Wow. Hell really did exist.
2: Yep. Well, what about the bathrooms? In the city of Pompeii, public and private toilets were all over the place. However, despite the sewer infrastructure, almost none of them had sewer connections. Oh great. They were worried about a lot of different things. But um also the cesspit toilets were often in the kitchen. Oh, where food was prepared. Oh great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um <laughs> Collected waste was then either sold to farmers for fertilizer or used in household gardens, which must must have made for some pretty stinky neighbor parties.
0: I mean, oh,
2: God.
1: It doesn't seem like the smells were offensive to anyone at this point.
2: I guess they were just used to it. Yeah, kind of weird.
1: And their
0: diets were different, so who knows? I mean, maybe we're doing
1: something wrong.
2: You're going to like this next one. Adding to the stench of Roman life, ancient plumbing often leaked a lot. And so you would have toilets on upper floors that leaked Mm. into lower floors through the walls.
0: Call it a water feature. Yeah. An amenity.
2: A water feature. (laughs) That would cost you a
1: lot of money these days.
2: That really would. Yeah, it would. Um, now public toilets were their own whole different situation.
0: You mean horror show?
2: Horror show. Um, <laughs> picture one room with like 20 holes in a, you know, in, in rock leading to a common latrine underneath, and everyone's pooping at the same time, looking straight into each other's oh, eyes. Oh, yeah.
0: Talking about <laughs> politics and um, straining, just shooting in, the shit.
2: Exactly. Oh, <laughs> man. That was really and, good. And they didn't have toilet paper, but they did have a communal yes. stick with a oh. sponge on the end.
0: So a loofah. A poofah.
2: would be like, hey, can you get grab me the stick? Hey. Yeah, after I'm done using it.
0: Oh. Did you have corn today? Oh, wait, corn hasn't been invented yet.
2: <clears throat> mm, yeah. <laughs> so these public latrines were notorious for terrifying customers when flames exploded from the seat openings. Awesome. Caused by gas explosions of hydrogen sulfide and methane. They were just about as rank as they were terrifying. Uh, Customers also had to worry about rats and other small vermin biting their butt. I
0: really think this could be a Disney ride. (laughs) Yeah? Ancient Rome through the toilet
2: perspective pitch that
0: I have so many ideas they already
1: have a
2: mouth oh (gasps) Oh
0: my gosh you're so right yes there was also
2: the perceived threat of demons that the (laughs) the Romans believed inhabited these black holes Leading to the mysterious underbelly of the I city. believe
0: it. I 100% believe it. I mean, when fire's that. coming out. Yeah.
2: There's gotta be demon action going on. And you in know there.
0: that people were probably falling into those pits screaming. Oh.
2: So oh. we actually have noticed <laughs> through archaeological evidence that there were pictures of the goddess Fortuna, of, of guardian, the guardian angel, the gar- goddess of luck and fortune painted on the walls of the public toilets
0: with poop or just like regular painting? No, with, sorry, with paint. No, sorry. That's where I thought you were going.
2: So we, I mean, <sighs> we don't tend now to put religious shrines in our toilets, but we find well, them all over the place. I mean, in, if you want, if you really
0: want one goddess to look over you while you're taking a, you a deuce, need like, it. Oh yeah. You definitely need some luck.
2: Yep. Oh boy. So thoughts. So um, far in our journey.
0: Wow, we've we've come a long way, I will say that. But porta potties, I think, are just the linear line <laughs> throughout history. It's like marble to plastic, still a horror
1: show. Yep. Like, yeah, let's bring back the marble at least.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. I like it.
2: Um well let's go to medieval London.
0: Ooh. Shall we? Oh
2: boy. Following the devastating outbreak of the Black Death in England. In the mid 1300s a link appears to have been made between health and hygiene.
0: Well, wow, you know, I will It just, took them
2: until that long.
0: Can I just tell you that the beginning of that sentence mm-hmm. is a great way to start a
2: conversation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that time when 75 million people died during the Black Death?
0: People were like oozing
2: mm-hmm.
0: things and like their skin was ashen. Remember those great times?
2: Oh, uh, good times. Maybe Hygiene is involved in that. What? We hate taking cabs. They actually uh, made it a crime to dump human waste into ditches, streets, and rivers. What? Okay. So, in medieval London, for okay. example, people were, were responsible for the upkeep and cleanliness of the street outside their houses. The fines that could be imposed on them if they didn't do this could be extremely onerous. Wow. One account tells of an outraged mob badly beating someone who littered the street with the skin of a smoked fish. And since they didn't want to have to pay for the heavy fine for his laziness, they taught him a lesson. Oh, wow. With that being said, it wasn't a whole lot better than ancient Rome because there was no treatment of the water before it went back into the drinking supply, and many farmers used human excrement as fertilizer. Mm. Hey Lindsay, uh, you come from a farming family. <laughs> I would like to ask, <laughs> what do you no, use? No, we
0: we use we do not. We definitely do not use human human <laughs> human. <laughs> human dookie human dookie. So no, we don't use that for mm-hmm. reasons I'm sure we'll discuss with Mackenzie.
2: <laughs> so larger houses had enclosed latrines attached to or behind the home. Which emptied into deep cess pits.
0: Oh, great!
2: Smaller residences made do with a bucket or a, or a stool over a basin, either of which was emptied daily. Sometimes just out into the street. Hmm. They were usually carried to one of the streams that emptied into the nearest river, and then emptied into the water, which then they drank from down the river.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know, I just
2: cholera, et cetera.
0: Well, hey, I mean, remember in the last episode, our our public health fact was about beer. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely drink like skunky beer over poop water in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? Yeah. You can't tell me that tasted great. Mm It's like, yes, I will take liquid bread over this.
2: So I would like to leave this um, little time traveling trip. Through poop land on somewhat of a high note um, and talk about the pre-colonial Native American settlements, North America. Awesome. They were far more hygienic than most European cities of the pre-1850s. Europeans were always shocked, shocked by how frequently the Native people bathed
0: But yet yet they were such savages. Every day. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
2: And and they noticed that sometimes the elders lived until their 70s or older. And this was at a time when the lifespan of an average European was in the 40s. Mm. And and they were lucky to take a bath once a month. Now, not necessarily because they didn't believe in it, but the Europeans, (laughs) their water was often so gross and polluted to take a bath in, they just didn't want to do it. And they smelled terrible as a result. But it was like, oh, do I want to not take a bath or do I want to take a bath in like this polluted shit water?
0: Yes. And didn't they also believe that like if they opened up their pores by bathing, it would also like, it was that was unhealthy?
2: Yeah, you could like have demons and stuff get it. You That's know, great. you don't want any of that nonsense.
0: No open pores.
2: Um, also, Native Americans clearly understood the importance of building latrines away from water sources. Yeah. Yeah. It probably helped that many tribes were constantly on the move so they could easily dig a hole and fill it up. Um, Native people also, Native Americans also had good sense to isolate their sick, a practice that was virtually unheard of among whites. Sick people often had to stay in special huts or lodges where they were being cared for. Fumigation or smudging Uh, was a frequent practice where you would um, use the sacred smoke of sage and other special herbs uh, along with prayers to help purify and disinfect the air. But most of that was probably isolating the sick. Yeah, okay. Um, Now, as a caveat, I want to say that Europeans have tended to ignore the vast diversity of native cultures, often lumping them into one big group called Indians. The Navajo of the Southwest and the Cherokees of the Southeast have completely unrelated languages and customs. The Apache were a feared warlike tribe, while the Hopis were largely pacifistic. We like to say Native Americans did this, but there were hundreds of right. different Native American cultures. Right. However, for the purpose of this discussion, sanitary practices were relatively similar with a few regional variations, like the presence or absence of caves and whether the ground froze or not. Like, it's kind of hard to dig a hole if the ground is frozen. Yes. Um, apparently, though, archaeologists have found a cave that had, like, a bunch of fossilized Native American turds in there. Do you know what those are <laughs>
1: called? Called copper
2: Oh man, you just yeah took my public <gasps> health fat.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. I was. No. I was is this like no, double jeopardy. This,
2: this is amazing. This, this is I think like you double j- win a prize. Yeah, you, you, abs- prize, yeah, you
1: abs- That's like for na- that's like answering tw- before jack- the question even came in. Uh, yeah.
2: No, that was beautiful. Seriously, I, I have evidence. I'm showing Lindsay right now. Yeah. Today's public health fact:
0: A fossilized piece of poop is called a coprolite. Believe it or not, coprolites yeah. are actually quite collectible, and many <laughs> fossil collectors and natural history buffs pay top dollar for these top turds.
2: That was my public health fact for today.
1: I, I'm that was continually beautiful. impressed no with you, Mackenzie. That. Continually well, impressed. You know, my background in anthropology has finally paid off. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was also
2: reading about uh, a, a coprolite that was like four feet long.
1: Shut up.
0: Wow. That
2: was a di- some kind of a dinosaur turd.
0: Okay. I was going to say, that can't be human.
2: <laughs> you got to look at the picture of this thing, though. It is pretty amazing. Usually How? you find like pieces wow. of them, but this was like one like giant turd. It's the
0: uh, anthropological way of being like,
1: hey, come Holy in the grail. bathroom. Look, look at what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Have you that's all great. ever received a picture of your friends or family members' poop? No. No, I haven't, luckily. Well, unluckily.
2: Well. In my oh. Opinion.
0: Yeah. I want to meet your family. Mm. My,
1: my sister. Your oh, okay. sister! My sister. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, that's amazing. We love it. Yes. Beautiful. You
0: should be proud of. You. I tell Quinn all the time how proud of my regularity I am. Very regular. I'm a regular oh. human.
1: And I'll put I believe that on the podcast. should talk about it. Okay. Yeah. People anyway. should talk about their poop. Tells yeah. us a lot.
2: Yeah. That, that. You're absolutely right. You know, I'm, I'm proud that you're taking a stand on this issue.
0: <laughs> hey, there's you're a pr- lot. You're
2: taking a stand on taking a a squat.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Great job. That was poetic. I give that
2: one, like, a B.
0: Okay. I mean, (laughs) we won't use the plus or minus system here. Okay. Sure, it's a solid (laughs) B.
2: I do have one more Native American fact. Please.
0: This is fascinating. So,
2: not all Native Americans lived in small migratory groups. There was a city known to us as Cahokia across the river from modern-day St. Louis um, but was referred to by another name that has since been lost to time. So we named it this after way after the civilization had already come to pass. Um, but at its peak, it's estimated to have ha- had a population as high as 40,000, wow. with more people living in outlying farming villages, or the burbs, <laughs> that supplied the main urban center. For reference, the city of Philadelphia had a population of about 40,000 around the year 1800. And Cahokia, which, you know, is kind of on that border of, um, Missouri and, uh, um, Illinois, was, existed, it, it existed before the 1400s, because we have evidence that it was uninhabited by the 1400s. So it was wow. in existence for probably a thousand years mm-hmm. before that. Um, but that's crazy. I mean, you don't think of, like, there being giant ancient cities in Native American, but there were, and that's not the only one. There were many other ones. So even though we know there was a great city here, we don't know a lot else. We know that there are these giant mounds and that there were settlements that lived around these mounds, but the largest Mississippian sites were abandoned in or in decline by 1450. Archeolo- archaeologists do not know why so many of the largest sites were abandoned, but prolonged drought, disease, crop failures, and warfare are possible causes. Basically, it was hard to live in a city and stay clean and healthy until very, very recently. Um, once yeah. we became... Once we figured out how to, like, treat water and deal with all the poop and the garbage... That was really like the turning point in us figuring out how to live in cities. So, what do you think about all that, Mackenzie?
1: Well, we're st- people are still getting diarrhea. Yep, they are definitely getting diarrhea. Um, we have way better resources now. Like we have this really advanced technology uh, that includes hand washing.
2: Ooh,
1: ooh, do tell. I- It's available to us almost anywhere. Um, Amazing. Sometimes people don't do it and it spreads diarrhea. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm a big proponent of hand washing. It's good stuff. It
2: sure is.
1: You know what? You're not alone.
0: I think the entire public health community is behind you on that. (laughs) I would hope if you aren't and you're listening, what are you doing?
1: Well, okay, so I would just like to take a minute to say a lot of people think they wash their hands and they just kind of splish, splash, put them under the water. But you really got to take some time there. Soap and water, 20 to 30 seconds. You got to I sing the song. you know. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and people just rinse their hands off. I, you know, I work with a lot of public health people and they just rinse, really got to scrub. It's all about that friction. You're, yes, yes.
0: And I'm so glad That we have such a wonderful advocate like you to teach and promote this very simple practice.
2: (laughs) So, how did you get into this poop life?
1: Hashtag poop life.
2: Hashtag poop life.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Let's get it going. Let's make it viral. Yes. It's going to be adding that to the social media. Okay, I like it. You know, I didn't ever think that I would end up here, but somehow I found this job that's perfect for me. Um, I had a background in anthropology. And when I wanted to go to grad school, I wanted to get a degree in anthropology, but I also um, wanted to get a job. So mm-hmm. I nice. decided to go to a program that allowed me to study anthropology and public health at the same time as my interests in anthropology were in the medical area. And nice. uh, after That's I graduated, awesome. I knew someone who was working in the epidemiology program at McKenzie, the we can't uh, Florida you. Department of Health in Hillsborough County, which is Tampa. Hello. And I started this entry-level position Hello. as an enteric interviewer um, epidemiologist. No! And enteric oh. means don't anything they, that uh, has to do it with the intestines. And He's it's dead? mostly diarrheal <laughs> illnesses. And we know so Spanish. I realized that there's this See. whole world... In public health, where Says people sit still around recording. and call individuals who have been sick with diarrheal illnesses like Salmonella, E. coli, Shigella, Campylobacter, yeah, and technical. we spend. I feel like we're in the fight of our 15 lives 15 right now. An hour and a half talking to these folks about what they did before they became sick, what they had to eat, any animals they touched, uh, anywhere they traveled, in order to see if we can figure out where it came from. But also provide a background of data um, in case these their case of this bacterial illness turns into another um, a cluster or outbreak of illness.
2: How did you end up out in Arizona?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I the truth of the story shows how stubborn I am because I was working in Florida and I loved my job, but I had been there about three years and it was. You know, getting to be time to get some more experience. And my office was moving 20 minutes south. And I was really pissed about it. And so I said, I am not moving <laughs> to Indian. that new building. <laughs> so I got online and looked for a job. And I applied Stop and got it. hired in six days. So I moved across oh. the country. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And all of us were like, Yay, you got yeah. a job
1: in I public know. health. <laughs> It is exciting. We have to celebrate. Yes. Yeah. Someone hired me. Yes. Yeah, when you so get a job in
2: your field.
1: Yeah, it's a yeah. great feeling. Yeah, yeah. We're very lucky. So what do you what do you do in your job, Mackenzie? Tell us about that. So I work at the State Health Department. I previously worked at the County Health Department in Florida. And we work closely, but we have slightly different goals. Um, at the County Health Department they are doing investigations. So they're receiving the lab reports from doctor's offices and labs. And like I said, they are calling folks and interviewing them, finding out what they ate, what they did, um, and, and what their exposures are. We call these exposures. Mm -hmm. And at the state level, um, what a lot of people don't know is their poop specimens, once they're tested, say, for salmonella, listeria, and E. coli, are sent on to the state public health lab where they're tested again to confirm that that's actually what they had. And then they go through a special molecular test um that is currently at our lab. We're doing PFGE or pulse field gel electrophoresis. Now, Oops. that's as fancy lab as I'm gonna get on you. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you it makes what's we call a DNA fingerprint. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. So we are figuring out your poop. And so this information is uploaded into a database and CDC looks at it and they say, okay, so we have a case of salmonella in Phoenix, Arizona, that matches the same DNA fingerprint as someone in Chicago. And mm-hmm. Kentucky, whatever state, you know, sometimes they're large, sometimes they're small. And CDC emails us and says, hey, you match this cluster of Salmonella-Newport. Tell us what your case ate. And so there's another database that I will upload this information to. And basically, we are compiling this information from all of the Arizona counties, giving it over to compare and see what they had in common, if anything, with states, uh, other states' cases. You're like a dookie detective. Yeah. That is right. And
2: they come out and they're like, hey, we love this hummus. Oh, well, they did too. And now you're all sick.
1: Yeah. And sometimes if we get lucky, we, yeah. So basically we're working towards getting those recalls. So we work with FDA and USDA, depending on what the food product is. Um, They go and inspect the facilities where those food products are made. Uh, They'll collect samples and t- test those. We also from time to time will collect samples from our cases homes and test them. And through this process of um, DNA fingerprinting, we're able to say, yes, this is a product in the person's home that they ate that made them sick, as well as the same product made in this facility, as as well as, well as the Epi data that says, you know, most of the cases here ate this food. And we push it towards the folks who have the teeth in food regulations. And they're able to um, do recalls and get these things off the shelves. So what food
0: do you see like the most issue with?
1: It kind of depends on the pathogen. Um, So there's a lot of salmonella in this world. And (laughs) salmonella is a highly related with chicken and poultry. Yeah. So don't be hugging they, chickens. Well, you know what's funny about this hugging chickens article, my friend <laughs> my my coworker and I got on this and it really led you to believe that you were safe as long as you didn't hug your chicken. Which <laughs> I I think is a little bit misleading.
0: Yeah, because um, you could like wash your hands and stuff after you hug your chicken and you're probably okay, right? Or Maybe don't lick your chickens. No, I think she was don't. saying there's
2: more ways to get there's salmonella. There's definitely more ways. Oh, yes. yeah. No, I'm just than saying. just from hugging chickens.
1: Sure. Yeah. 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 Again, it comes back to hand washing, but we also have to think we, these chickens are pooping and it's normal for them to have salmonella or Campylobacter and it gets on our shoes and we bring it into our house and the children yes. play on the floor. Yes. And we, it's on their eggs and depending yes, on how a lot we're of cleaning don't eggs. Know that. Yeah. Like eggs are really poopy. They, they are. They can be. Yes. Yeah. For the most part, our eggs we get in the stores are fairly safe. There have been yeah. some outbreaks linked to it, but farm fresh eggs, the most delicious ones, yes. are covered in, in bacteria.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because it's like really close to the uh,
1: source hole. The source, mm-hmm. if you
0: will. Let's just call a spade a spade
1: here. Yeah. It's, yep. a, it's a butthole for sure. Yep. <laughs> So yeah. I do a lot of talking. That's what I do all day is oh, talking that's... to counties and figuring out what their cases are doing and giving it over to CDC. That nice. is
0: so cool.
1: Yeah. You're like,
0: gosh, that's like, that's, that's hashtag real public health right there.
1: It is. collaboration. Like so poop. It's just we so much. With all kinds of people. Yeah. And you know, I, I when I worked at the county did a lot of interviewing and I love interviewing people because surprisingly people are super excited to talk about their diarrhea. Yes. It's astounding sometimes. <laughs> you're oh, like, wait. I don't need that level of detail, sir. Oh
2: no. I,
1: oh
0: yeah. It gets oh. people telling <laughs> <Nitty laughs> you comfortable, Quinn.
2: Oh man, that's
0: <laughs> That sounds uh, like a dream job, I'm honestly. Actually. I'm envious of
2: your job. That sounds well, I think, awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: I think people are very shocked by how sick they get. I mean, these are illnesses that, unfortunately, people die from. Yes. Yes. And yeah. and I don't think people think about that. And, you know, my mom told me not to eat the brownie batter because I was going to get salmonella. And I laughed every time. And now I see how serious it can be that people die from salmonella. But, Thanks, Mom. Thankfully. Thank you, Mom. I love you. <laughs> Thankfully, um, most people don't die, but um, it can be very severe, can be pretty shocking. People will have blood in their stools. Sometimes they're hospitalized. And, you know, unfortunately, our, our doctors don't have a lot of time to sit around and, and talk about it. And so when someone from public health calls, uh, we are generally not in a rush. So they are generally thankful that we're calling and they want, we want to hear about when their symptoms started and what symptoms they had and what they did and, and really help them sort of solve the mystery because a lot of times they aren't sure how they or their child got sick. That's so
0: cool. And, you know, I thought I read that, like, you know, foodborne illness is so underreported.
1: Yes. Yeah. In fact, this statistic blows me away. This is from CDC. For every one reported case of salmonella, and we get about a thousand here in Arizona per year, there's Mm thirty unreported cases. Oh my gosh! Yeah, unbelievable. Thanks. Wash your hands, guys. Wash your hands. Wash your wash your produce. Yeah, but not your chicken.
2: Does that more? (laughs) You can
1: wash a chicken. No, don't wash your chicken.
2: No, don't wash your chicken.
1: Oh, why? Because it. People are more likely to contaminate their kitchen if they're splashing water around. And also the bacteria can aerosolize in little particles and sprinkle on your side salad on the counter.
0: Yeah.
1: So side side story. I the
0: reason why I said, yeah, you can wash your chicken is because um, as Quinn indicated, I did live on a farm. And so of course I was an avid 4H participant. And while I did not show chickens at the fair, I showed pigs because pigs are the best. Um, I would always like the fairgrounds had like, you know, public restrooms and I would go in there seeing people like, <laughs> you're going to probably. This is probably so bad. People would be like had washed their chicken and were putting their chickens under the um, hand dryer to dry them off. (laughs) But it was in the bathroom. But still, it's gross. But especially now that I know that like that sort of stuff can be like
1: airborne essentially. (laughs) Wait,
2: I'm just imagining.
1: I'm mostly talking about your raw chicken in your kitchen, and oh, you're talking I'm about live chicken. I'm talking
0: live chickens, girl, <laughs> in a bathroom want, under a blow dryer.
1: Why does, <laughs> why does a live chicken need to be washed? They're dirty That's birds. Good question. They're but dirty. you're not going to wash... What are you going to wash off of them? You're going to put them right back in the dirt, right? Um, well, Do you when use you sh-
2: conditioner?
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know chickens. Like
2: Pantene?
0: Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I will, my, I guess my, my guess would be that because they were showing chickens. So they were like, as a part of showmanship, you have to have a clean chicken. So they're probably ah. washing them right before they showed them so that they were nice and clean and white or whatever, you know, oh, colors nice. they are. But, but I'm not kidding. I mean, they would hang them upside down by their, by their legs oh. and just be blow drying them like under the hand dryer.
2: As human beings, <laughs> We're so weird. <laughs> the things that we do. Can yes. you imagine any other species doing the weird weird things that we do?
0: Yeah. no. Okay. That's why we have anthropology. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Study Showing this chickens. weirdness. It's the study of weird. That's what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is true. It's
2: called culture. <laughs> Lindsay. I love
1: it. That makes it sound That's really, really refined, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh.
0: Oh, man, don't get into that. But anyway.
2: Every show, every guest we talk to, we like to talk to them about what they are currently reading, watching, or enjoying. Um, We like to show that our scientists are human. So what are you currently reading, watching, or enjoying?
1: I am going to show you how human I am and tell you that. I'm embarrassed to say that I watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette religiously. It's hey. not, not embarrassing. No, that's all not right. Not embarrassing. That's, um, I, like
2: my entire extended family does, and I was up there with them recently. They were watching it, and I was trying to get into it, but it just wasn't for me. But I could appreciate their genuine interest.
1: Yeah, it's it enriches my life a lot. Plus, there are offshoot podcasts, and I oh. diligently listen to those. Um, When I'm enriching my brain, though, uh, I've really been into the YOY podcast. It's about dating, and it is full of funny stories. And most recently, there's a new podcast called IVFML about a couple who is going through infertility. And it has been very entertaining, even though I have zero interest in having kids and having IVF. I think I've heard
2: about that one.
1: Yeah.
0: There's so many out there. I mean, obviously, there's only one that's the best. You're my on choice. it. <laughs> oh, you're yes, on right. of my friend. I'm sorry. You're,
1: you're on was it. just a teaser. Teaser. <laughs> and um, have you guys had the chance to read When Breath Becomes Air? No. Well, no. Tell, tell us this. about it. No. So, it's a real downer, which I have to say, I really love downer books. Um But it's written by a neurosurgeon during his last year of life after he's been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. Whoa. Yeah. Very reflective, talks a lot about end of life, and um, it really made you think. It was fantastic.
2: Are you familiar with with Oliver Sacks?
1: I've heard the name.
2: So he uh, famously wrote the book, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. He was a psychologist and scientist for many, many many years, and anyways, he wrote a lot of books about neuroscience and he last year died of cancer but during his i mean he was writing um and reflecting on everything in his life all the way up until he died and some of his writing is like it's just beautiful and i would I would recommend checking that out
1: cool Yeah, that sounds fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm. I am currently reading, um, a biography of, um, Amelia Earhart and I am loving it. She is a total badass. Sure. I mean, like we know that she is, but until you like actually read the stories and the things that she did, like how she was 25 years old when she got her first plane She first started flying when she was like 21, 22, but she set her first, um, air record at 25 where she flew in an open cockpit with no, um, no oxygen up to 14,000 feet. Whoa. And just to test how high she could take this plane, this like little tiny 2 seater plane. And then That's the engine incredible. started failing, and she started coming down through the fog. So she couldn't even see the ground, and she landed it,
0: holy which holy is wow.
2: badass. And then she did that same thing, like, four more times.
0: That's incredible. And
2: set her first records when she was, like, 25. At 25? Like, yeah, and she was, wow. like, basically a feminist from the day she was born. Like, she mm-hmm. kind of bucked the the trend almost her entire life, so... It was. She's pretty cool. Um, And well, what are you enjoying, Lindsay?
0: Um, gosh, I mean, as you know, it takes me a really long time to read things because I just have a lot of shit going on. Um, but I will, I will say, I'm still listening to my brother, my brother and me, and it brings a lot of joy to my life because it's so funny. Um and they recently oh speaking of human poop on gardens, they actually had like a <laughs> Yahoo answer question about how do I potty train our son Stop. to poop in a bag. Stop. Because we're <laughs> environmentalists and we use our poop to fertilize our garden and we also sell it to our neighbors to fertilize their gardens. No joke. They I listen to that. Selling <laughs> poop. Yeah, they're selling their own poop.
1: Do they realize and that everyone like has probably illegal.
2: poop? Yeah, I don't. Maybe A it's... gross. B probably illegal.
1: Oh,
0: I'm sure.
2: Uh, yeah. I I I just had to re- uh, look up the the full title of this other book I just finished. Um, called the Red Market. On the Trail of the World's Organ Brokers, Bone Thieves, Blood Farmers, and Child Traffickers by Scott Carney. And it was basically talking about this market that's both visible and invisible and not fully regulated, but very profitable to a lot of people in which... Uh, Including
0: H.H. Holmes, dude. America's first serial killer.
2: Yeah, but no, I'm talking about now. Today. Oh, this, this is all yeah. today.
0: Whoa. Um, happening.
2: People, blood farms where, yeah, people still selling blood, which is illegal, but still happens, and also where people um, in, in India sell kidneys and stuff to uh, companies that end
1: terrifying.
2: up being put into bodies of Americans. And talking How? about the history of blood donation, where um, prior to World War I, we didn't know that there were different blood types. And um, so you would just like pump a bunch of blood into someone and hope for the best. And a lot of times your body <laughs> oh, would reject that. No. So once we figured out that there are different blood types, um, the market, and of course war, the market for blood exploded. And you created this almost instant exploitation of the poor who are selling mm. their blood to the rich. And so... Oh,
0: you mean like plasma donation?
2: Well, that the is... Pla- what's
0: happening in plasma right now?
2: That is legal because your body regenerates plasma much faster than it does your red blood cells. But it's still a, um, an unequal it's, relationship. Yeah, I was just going to say,
0: it's it's still problematic.
2: But not as bad as it used to be. Okay and if we were either fully transparent and and accepted that the body is made up of <laughs> components that are essentially a commodity that can be economized uh, and allow that system to be fully transparent so that everyone knows where everything comes from that's one way to kind of get rid of some of the problems or actually go after the black market um organ you know trade and stuff whereas now it's just kind of like yeah we got this this organ but we don't really know where it came from um so yeah it was like a really interesting book and it was written in 2011 so i'd like to find out more of a follow-up from this guy because he's a journalist but um definitely check that book out i highly recommend it if you're into gross stuff and public health
1: oh yeah which everyone is a lot of anthropology in there I have to say.
2: There is a there is, because a lot of um his reporting takes place in India and China and um oddly enough, Cyprus.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Oh. Um so I, I wanted to tell you before we go what we're gonna call this episode. I can't. Because it's wait. the pun of all it's the pun of all puns. We're calling it total fecal. Beautiful. And I'm taking full credit for that. What now, whether or not. We'll- poop is, You know what? I'm going to put it in there as a tag and it'll okay. definitely be in the show notes. Um, <laughs> and in our social media, as well as hashtag poop life.
2: I will allow you to take credit for that.
0: You will not assert some sort of weird dominance over <laughs> this amazing idea. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and the battlefield has been
1: set. <laughs> well, Can we make I a request think, um, for people to send their poop puns? Yeah, please. For one, us their poop puns. don't send us your
0: poop pics, though. Yeah, no, I don't want to see it.
2: <laughs> we don't want that at all. No,
0: please don't send us poop pics.
2: Send them to Lindsay.
0: No. <laughs> nope. I mean, if you do, I, I'll i just retweet. Oh, God. Yep.
2: Well, I think we've done enough here that we can go ahead and flush.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm giving you a C on that. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on the show. And Mackenzie. for your patience. Yes, and for your amazing saint-like patience. This so is,
1: This is a day that I've dreamed of. Thank you. Oh, my God. I I am so excited.
0: Yes. I believe me. We just we also love to talk about poop and gross things. So we're happy to have another kindred soul on this Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think a lot lot of people are going to like it. And if they don't, I mean, I I don't know why. They're no friend of mine.
2: Oh, line
0: been drawn. Yes. Like it.
2: Thank you for being a listener and a participant.
0: Yes. We so, so appreciate it. so great. You're going to get a sticker.
1: Thank you. I can't wait to see it. Maybe a t-shirt. Oh, stop. Don't tease. I've been spreading the word. I told all my public health coworkers and friends. So we're getting it out there. Are you gone? Oh, no. No, I'm here. Hello?
2: I wonder if you you can hear me. If If you can hear me. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs>
2: We're so sorry.
0: We don't understand what's happening.
2: i never called Arizona before, but I hope this doesn't happen with every conversation.
0: Yeah, me too. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it. It's been fun. Thanks. Flush. Love you.